Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. we got Kramer working on the other side of the glass. It is his first day joining us here on the leadoff. We're happy to have him. And we are also very happy right now to be joined in studio for the next 30 minutes by my guy, Pete Sweeney. You can find him on Twitter. He is at PG Sweeney. He is the editor-in-chief and the lead writer for Arrowhead Pride. Pete, how you doing this morning, my friend? Good. Happy Saturday. I think this is the first time I've been in with you on a Saturday. I think so. I think so. We've been doing this thing for about eight weeks now, so <laughs> we felt like, you know, it's time to get Pete Sweeney in studio. <laughs> at some point, when you got eight shows, you got to get Pete Sweeney in studio at it's, some It's point. good. I mean, it's the weekend. It's a reason to get up, you know, talk a little football. It's good. Yeah, especially after a Friday night. Me and Nick have shared our um, hungover stories in the morning. <laughs> up, so it's, 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 it's been they very They should call us the Bloody Mary show at Brandon. And there you go. I like it. I like, new name. We're switching it up. Hey, Kramer, get on that for, you, my, for me, my friend. If you guys would like to get involved in the show, the Protein House Eat with a Purpose text line is 69306. You can also hit me up on Twitter. I am at BK Sports Talk. All right, so... Let's start with the discussion that we seemingly have every single day. I'm sure you have it at Arrowhead Pride. We have it here on 610 Sports Radio, which is the Tyreek Hill situation. Every update we heard this week, whether it be from Therese Paler or Nate Taylor or just leaked media reports for the ESPN stuff or NFL Network, like everything I have heard this week has been some form of the Chiefs are optimistic that Tyreek Hill is not going to get a long suspension. Are you with me on that? You know what? It's, and what do you it, make it, of it as well? It's incredible that where we've come from, man, it really seemed like not only his his Chiefs career was over, maybe his career was over, I think, on draft night. And he, to hear guys who are really truly in the know, like Therese Paler and, and Charles Robinson, you know, you're starting to even hear some of the other names like SI and, and Florio and, and those guys are coming to terms. He may not get a game, which is incredible. I tend to think the NFL can't give him no games. And, and so I would lean toward probably two max if they give him four. Maybe it gets appealed down to two. If he gets two, maybe it gets appealed down to one. But you're not looking at a big chunk of the season anymore. Think about what you just said. Like, imagine if I told everybody, you, our listening audience, everybody listening right now, Tyreek Hill, this is on draft night. Draft night, 2019, first round's about to happen. KCTV5 comes on. We hear that audio. Now, fast forward literally two months, Tyreek Hill's going to get two to four game suspension. Like, imagine if I had told you that on that night. You would have said there's no way that's what the, what happens Media here. Media is a, a, a weird world. Like, you know how it works. You're kind of in a room with all the people that you compete for eyeballs, right? So yeah. Adam Teicher's in there, Brooke and, and Nate Taylor. And, we, and we're all, like, we're all friends and cordial and everything. Like, some of those are my good. We were all just looking at each other. Same thing. It's like, oh, my God. And it, was, it reminded us of the Kareem Hunt situation yeah. and that – Went very quickly. I think I tweeted out on draft night. This I don't think this will be long for Tyreek Hill. You know, and I was here with Carrington and Sean, and we were watching it. Where we all had the exact same reaction of 
Tyreek Hill's done. It, it it was a it was a grand lesson for me as a as a sports journalist. I've only been doing this for about five or six years, and really, I think in life, where you shouldn't be that quick sure. to to jump on on a certain notion, and I think we all, to an extent, all of us uh, fans, and, and I think a lot of the media made that mistake uh, as the facts tend to come out, and you hear about the evidence that he has where he was. Probably innocent of a lot of wrongdoing. The one thing that he 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 had said was a mistake was saying what he said on that tape that he didn't know was happening. And again, listen, I'm not saying Tyreek Hill is the greatest guy in the world, but we were probably too quick to jump sure. on him uh, that night. So we're joined in studio by Pete Sweeney. He's on Twitter at PG Sweeney. He's the editor-in-chief and lead writer for Arrowhead Pride. We're talking about the Tyreek Hill situation. If you guys would like to get involved, it's the Protein House Eat With The Purpose text line is 69306. The other bit of news that happened this week was when Therese Paler kind of just put at the bottom of his story about the update with Tyreek Hill, hey, by the way, the Chiefs might be interested in going back and restarting those contract extension negotiations. What did you make of that? It, it started to make sense to me, I think, because one thing I, you know, I, I have, I think, gained in this business is a knowledge of man, time passing and, and wins really starts to make those feelings go away. And I look at Tyree Kill, and, and if he's back with his team and, and they're winning, and say they go on this historic season, have a historic record, make it all the way to the end of this thing, I mean, he's going to be a guy that's again in line for one of the richest wide receiver contracts uh, in, in the NFL. So given everything, there is some team out there that after this year will make him that Antonio Brown type of Odell yep. Beckham money. So if you're Tyree Kill and, and you're in that position, you have to still continue to push for that. And it's just this weird awkwardness because you don't think the guy, that a guy like that necessarily deserves it. And, and it's going to be a mixed feelings. But it sounds like the Chiefs are, are doing what they have to do for the business of it. And I don't know if you can blame them for that. You know, it's no, you it's just a weird situation. Like, on one hand, you can because they were the team that selected him given his past. Right. And, like, so on one hand, yeah, you can absolutely blame them, blame them for that. But also, now they've got a business to run. Right. Now their job, and what we all watch for, their job is to win a Super Bowl. And Tyreek Hill helps them do that. Like, as, as much as we all talk about all these different things that have, like, are the kind of tertiary pieces of this, at the end of the day, the Chiefs care about this. Does the guy help us win football games? And if he does, we want him here. And Tyreek Hill certainly helps to win football games. Yeah, and, and again... It- it, it, there's always this awkwardness because, you know, we're football guys. And we just like to talk about the game. But right. So you take away that outside part of it. If the Chiefs have Tyreek Hill for, like, the majority of the season, I mean, even if it's week one or week three on, they're going to be nearly impossible to beat if you're assuming that the defense improves. I mean, because, you know, now you have McCole Hardman. You have Sammy Watkins. You have Tyreek Hill. That's speed. You have Patrick Mahomes. Like, if, if Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey stay healthy, I don't know how you beat this team. I don't know how you beat this team. I will say this. One thing we do need to keep in mind is that last year, they did play a lot of really close games. And most of those games went their way. Some of them didn't. I mean, you can point to Seattle. That didn't go their way. You can point to New England. That didn't go their way. But most of the games that were close ultimately found a way to go their way. Denver, at Denver, went their way in the end. Uh, The... I guess you probably have to go. The next one would be the Baltimore game went their way. 
The fourth and nine. That was probably like, the best play of the season, the fourth and nine play. The Oakland game ended up being close somehow. I don't understand how, but it ended up being close. <laughs> like the Pittsburgh game, the score doesn't look close, but you remember watching that game, and in the middle of it, it started to feel a little close because of the way that the defense was playing in that game. So, I think they blew a 21-point lead. In yeah. It, as much as last year, it was a fantastic season, and the record was great, and ultimately it ended in crushing disappointment with the way that it did in the AFC Championship game. There were a lot of really close games that they were able to squeak out last year. And so I don't want to say that they're going to be unbeatable this year because that would be unfair to them because it would be the expectation of 16 and 0, 14 and 2 whatever. I see I'm there. I'm there. Really? I I I am. This and, is a really difficult schedule that they're about to face. They're going to play Green Bay. They're going to play Houston. They're going to play Indy. They're going to play Baltimore. They're going to go to Jacksonville. They're going to have this division again. They've got Minnesota at New England at Chicago. Like this is a really hard schedule for you t- them. You talk about the close games though, and I just remember last year. And for me, Patrick Mahomes was on an island, man. He just was like Texas Tech. It's like he was drafted and had the Texas Tech defense with him. Like, the Chiefs are making a point of it to say, okay, defense needs to be a strength for us. Not not just the, something that has to get by. We're going to be this strength. And, again, you don't know what it is yet because there's a yeah. lot of different players. It's a new scheme. You don't know how Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark are going to mash. You don't even know if Chris Jones is going to be here at this point. I mean, that's that remains to be seen. Hanging out with Le'Veon Bell, he may just sit out the whole year at this point. Who knows? Um, but, again, a lot of factors in that. But one thing I feel confident about is the defense is going to be significantly improved. I just, I just feel because okay. – and if you feel that way, I think that's where the difference is. Right. Because I think they're going to be better. I don't. I don't know about significantly improved yet. I. I so I just look at and I, and I just look at Mahomes and, and and the fact that you know he's he has fifty touchdowns and he has five thousand yards and and everyone is saying no 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 he's still going to the tape he's still working he's working on his footwork his pocket presence and then you have a you have a game like you take that Steelers game and they're up twenty one nothing. And maybe they don't blow that lead. And maybe Patrick Mahomes doesn't – maybe in the fourth quarter it's Chad Henney and they're up 36 nothing. You know what I mean? So I, I think those close games, especially the ones that got into like the 50s on Monday yeah. night, maybe they won't even be in that type of situation. I, I, I Again, it's hard because I think in the – as we watch the league as a whole, like not just the Chiefs, sometimes week four or five come and you go, oh, man, that team's not that good. And you're like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe the Bills are good this year. Yeah. So we need to see the games. Sure. But I just look at this roster. How is anyone going to beat this team if Tyreek Hill is there? I, I just, I can't, if the defense is good and they have Mahomes, the MVP, and improved Mahomes, Kelsey, the best tight end in the game, and the speed, three wide receivers. And we're not even naming Demarcus Robinson in that. Yeah. I feel pretty good about it. I feel really good about where they're at. I also think, and based on the conversation we're having right now, I do think some credit needs to go to Brett Veach. Like, if we're sitting here right now and saying, hey, based on the roster, and we'll see all of this stuff is like TBD and maybe injuries start to happen and something changes, right? Between now and week 14, like, a lot is going to change both with the Chiefs and elsewhere in the NFL. But if we're sitting here today and saying, hey, based on this roster, and you're saying it's going to be damn near impossible to beat this team, I mean, the guy that put together most of that defense is Brett Veach. The guy that put together a lot of the depth on the offense, not necessarily the the superstars. Patrick Mahomes, you can give credit to that to the previous regime. Same thing with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Eric Fisher. But a lot of the depth, the interior offensive line, that's all on Brett Veach as well. 
Yeah, and and again, I, I I think sometimes he gets in a little bit of trouble for certain contracts. I know you work very closely with Mr. Harrison, and he's not a huge fan of the Sammy Watkins deal and how. Which could... I do think is unfair, but we, we can move forward. <laughs> yes, um, we don't but... need to relitigate those Sammy Watkins contracts <laughs> for the one hundred thousandth time. Um, but no, I I will say like, if this team goes on this crazy type of run, which which I I I think they can, and and again, I, I don't. Sometimes, you know, I'll say things during the offseason or during even the season and people look at me like last year during the offseason, I said, Tyree Kill's going to be a top five wide receiver. I know it. And I told people, wait, let's wait about Eric Berry. Just wait, wait. And I, and I get I get flack for, hey, who's Tyree Kill? He's never done anything. Hey, right. this is Eric Berry we're talking about. I'm telling you, this team has a chance to go undefeated. I'm telling you. And, and, and it's based upon things I've seen at OTAs, the feel of the team. Things that Andy Reid is telling Dwayne Bowe. He's telling Dwayne Bowe, listen, it, this, this is a different year. And I believe Dwayne, you know, he might have been a little bit uh, high that day when he was, he was, he was getting his final contract, and, and he's feeling good. But if Andy Reid's going to Dwayne Bowe and saying this feels different, this guy's been in the league for 20 years. I think he finally feels like he has a quarterback that can unlock all of his dreams. And with all these skill position players and finally a defensive coordinator he trusts, he brought in a GM. He brought in. He trusts. I think this could be the year for something not not only special because of Mahomes, but like historically special in the history of the league. He's Pete Sweeney. I'm Brandon Kylie Kramer on the other side of the glass, helping us out this morning. Coming up next, I think there are three things that people nationally seem to care about and seem to worry about about the Chiefs. Yeah, I think locally we care about exactly zero of them. We're going to talk about that next. It is the leadoff on Six Ten Sports Radio. The leadoff with Brandon Kylie, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. He is Pete Sweeney joining me in studio for the next 15 minutes or so. Editor in chief, lead writer for Arrowhead Pride. Kramer working on the other side of the glass, doing a fantastic job this morning for us. All right, so a tease before the break. I think there is a local versus a national breakdown in terms of how we are looking at this team and the things that nationally people are worried about and locally people are worried about. I think locally there's one thing, only one thing that people are worried about, and it's the pass defense. It's the corners specifically. I think that's the only thing locally that people are like, man, that could ultimately be the thing that that leads us down the wrong path this year. That's it. Nationally, there seem to be three things that come up every single time that I hear anybody talk about the Chiefs nationally. Number one, Tyree kills a distraction. <laughs> like everything that's happened this offseason, it's not about the on-field thing. It's, man, they might have to answer a question that they are very uncomfortable with with Tyree Kill. So a, the distraction point with Tyree Kill. Quick point on that. I got a call from my dad the other day. New York Radio was like, oh, he's definitely going to miss eight games. Like, <laughs> I don't think anyone nationally realizes he's going to be back pretty soon. Like Michael Lombardi, a former NFL general manager, wrote in his piece on The Athletic on Friday. He thinks 12 games. <laughs> It's like, crazy. dude, people nationally are just disconnected with the situation. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. So the Tyreek Hill being a distraction, that's the number one point you typically hear. Number two, well, the Chiefs lost, whatever, 28 sacks combined between D. Ford and Justin Houston. How are they going to be able to replace that? It's going to be really hard. That pass rush was really good last year, and now they're screwed because D. Ford and Justin Houston are gone. That's point number two that you almost always hear anytime you have a Chiefs conversation nationally. Yeah, and and, and I, I don't want to ruin your third point. I hope I'm not here, but okay. Eric Berry sometime lumped into that. Eric Berry is point number three. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't understand yeah. what we're doing with Eric Berry, but every time nationally, yeah. this is the third point, every time you hear anybody nationally talk about the Chiefs, 
Tyreek Hill is going to be a distraction. Man, they had such a great pass rush next year and I, last year, and I just don't know how that's going to translate this year without having D. Ford and Justin Houston. And then they go straight into that third point. Speaking of the defense, man, losing Eric Berry, that was the heart and soul of the defense. He was the guy that was making sure everybody was in the right spot. He was the guy that was in the middle of the circle going into games. Like, that guy really matters. He's the heart and soul. How is that going to affect <laughs> the locker room? I don't know. The guy played three games last year and, and I, played well in one of them. When people get on Stephen A. Smith, I, I feel a little bit bad for him because this is a guy who covers multiple sports and probably has, like, little, little, little time to study. And, again, Derek, Derek Johnson and Hunter Henry, that was egregious. So, <laughs> it, hard to defend him in that case. But I get it. Like, when, you, when these guys are writing national articles, it's hard to follow 32 cities. Of course. But I, I see it as well. Like, the other day, each year, I'll go on ArrowheadPride.com and PFF and ESPN, they collaborate for a roster breakdown. Mm-hmm. And they got Cam Irving listed as a starter. One of the things in their summary is the losses at safety. What losses at safety? They got two new safeties. They haven't had Eric Berry, if you remember, with the ruptured Achilles. And then he missed all of last year, basically. They haven't had Eric Berry in two years. They haven't had him in two years. He might have been the reason they lost the AFC title game. Yeah. Someone might have been able to defend Gronk on third. and maybe If it was anyone else, who knows? Maybe they defend him. Like, I think Tyron Matthew would have done better. I have a hundred percent. So like the losses at safety and then I don't know. Like, so again, yeah, I think you got to take all these national reports with a grain of salt. I think the Chiefs somehow it's incredible if year after year, they've now won the AFC West three years in a row, yet they manage each and every year to go under the radar. The Chargers again are the pick. <laughs> How many years in a row are the Chargers going to give me the pick and not win the AFC West before they pick the Chiefs preseason? I think I. I think the thing that nationally people don't give enough credit to, and I don't understand this because he's been a head coach for 20 years. He's been really good for like 17 of them, but nationally people seem to forget that Andy Reid's really good at this. Right. Like even if, even when it was Alex Smith with Andy Reid, he was finding a way to win nine to 10 games every year and finding a way to go to the playoffs right. almost every single year. People scoff, scoff at this, and, and I understand. It, 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 he might be, like, the best regular season coach yeah. of all time. And, and I know that, like, yeah, well, show me the rings, whatever. And there's also, too, like, losing in the Super Bowl, the four NFC championship games in a row and not getting it done last year now. Like, I think that is some kind of, like... I would, I, say, I would say thing people it. point to and say, yeah, well, he's not Bill Belichick. Yeah, but man, he's been close and not ever, not like, there's a lot of coaches who get like a shot for two seasons and they're out of the league forever. And, and uh, yeah, a little bit of a disrespect to the Chiefs as a whole and definitely Andy Reid. We're joined in studio by Pete Sweeney. He is the editor in chief and lead writer for Arrowhead Pride. I wanted to ask you this because this is something we talked about earlier today and with the Tyreek Hill situation now kind of starting to come to a resolution and it's sounding like, Everything we were concerned about in April is no longer going to be as big of a concern right now. It, I would think right now two to four games sounds like the suspension. I would be surprised. I would not be surprised rather at this point if he's re-signed long term. Like I, I think Tyreek Hill is going to play for the for, majority for, of the for, year for the actual money too, which is going to be insane to to swallow. I think they're going to be able to find a way to right. protect themselves within right. that contract, but yeah, they're going to give him big money. He's going to get seventeen, eighteen yep. million dollars per year. I agree. Knowing all of that, knowing what we know now, if we could transfer that to draft night, if we knew then what we know now, do you think they still take Michael Hardman? That's a good question. Because I said earlier today, I think the answer is no. Because I think, and I was under the impression at the time, 
that Mecole Hardman is legitimate insurance for Tyreek Hill just in case that goes south. And everything we heard at the time was that that was the case. Now people are starting to be like, well, you know, maybe he's Sammy Watkins replacement next year. And I know we've seen Brett Veach do this before where he drafts ahead and he finds the guy that's going to be replacing the guy the next year. But I don't think they make that trade. I don't think they select him in the second round if Tyreek Hill, if we knew then what we know now. There are just other needs, you know, like 100%. Like you mentioned the cornerbacks. It would be nice to have another cornerback in the mix. It would be nice to have a viable tight end too that's again I, you, you've heard me say that before that's my biggest concern for this team I, I look at McCole Hardman and and, and right now it, it feels like a little bit of insurance as you were saying just because going back to that night and we talked about it last segment immediately you said man I don't think he's playing another down of professional football in his life again and so if he's immediately out of the picture I don't think you want Garrick Dieter as your wide receiver three, even get, like going into the offseason program. It would have been Demarcus Robinson. It would have been Sammy Watkins and, and Garrick Dieter, and you need somebody else in that mix. And I think there's something lost, too, in, in Tyree Kill's punt return ability. This was the best ret- returner they had graded. Like, if you put Mahomes on the 45 as opposed to, like, the other 45, that's a huge freaking difference, yep. man. And McCole Hardman has that speed to give you that home run factor. Like Tyree Kill is great on offense, but the fact that he's there in the punt and someone gets like they shank a punt, and I, that's ten or 15, like that's a game of inches, man. You you put Mahomes, 10, you give Mahomes ten or fifteen, twenty more yards, might be scoring a touchdown, especially over the course of a season. Like in an individual game, maybe that doesn't matter right. as much. In an individual quarter, maybe it doesn't matter as much. But over the course of an entire season. That stuff adds up immensely, and eventually it starts adding up into points. Yeah, and I I think there's a little bit of a a misconception in Kansas City right now with, like, the plug-and-play with Hardman. I don't think he's going to be a huge part of the offense, at least at the beginning of the season. He's going to be using that returner role, which is why I think a guy like Tremont Smith is not going to make this team, unfortunately. It's just a numbers game. Uh, But, yeah, no, I I don't know if they make that pick. It's a a very good question, and, and I'd lean no. If if I had to go one way or the other, I'd say they probably use it on on a cornerback or I would say a tight end. Pete, I have three other things that I wanted to get to with you. We're out of time right now. You got another 15 minutes for me? Yeah, let's do one more. All right, let's do 15 more minutes with Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. He's going to join us uh, for another segment. I anticipated 30 minutes. We'll go 45 with him because I've got three other things that I want to get to him, including one thing that I thought Ron the show Hughley said earlier this week that was a fantastic point that I hadn't really considered. Why are we so convinced Juan Thornhill is going to be good? We've just convinced ourselves a second-round safety is going to be really good right off of the bat. Hall of Fame. Why is that? We're going to discuss that with Pete Sweeney next. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. The leadoff with Brandon Kiley, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kiley. We've got Pete Sweeney joining us in studio for a bonus, bonus. segment here on 610 Sports Radio. Kramer helping us out on the other side of the glass. If you guys would like to get involved in the show, the Protein House Eat with a Purpose text line is 69306. You can hit me up on Twitter as well, at BK Sports Talk. All right, so I teased before the break. I thought we're on the show. Hughley had a fantastic point earlier this week. Wow, first time. Fantastic point earlier this week. First time. Something that I actually hadn't considered, and I was actually part of the people that he was talking about that was hyping this person. (laughs) Here's what Ron said earlier this week about Juan Thornhill, and if we've gone too far with the praise of a second-round pick that was picked 63rd overall in the draft. (laughs) Let's try this one more time. Ron the Show Hughley earlier this week talking about Juan Thornhill.
Uh, we will get that play. What, what, what did he let say? Let me summarize this for you. Again, the last round, first I, I always say the less round, the better. So, perfect. perfect. Uh, so, anyway. instead of playing the audio, let's put it this way. Ron basically said, listen, we have now heard nationally from people, yeah. including Lewis Riddick, who's always in, involved in any of the Chiefs hype, that Juan Thornhill is going to be really good this year. Yeah. Locally, we've all come to the conclusion that Juan Thornhill is going to start for the Chiefs and that he's going to be an upgrade at the position. Right. Why has that happened? <laughs> because I can't remember another second round pick that was drafted where Juan Thornhill was selected that we were all expecting big things from at this point. I think because the Chiefs really liked his flexibility. Like he could, he can do a lot of things. And there was some late draft night, the night before the draft, the week before the draft buzz that he could fall into the first round. And a lot of people view him as a, as a steal. He does a lot of different things. He can play safety, nickel. Uh, safety in the box, uh, back end. I just think a lot of people have seen what Daniel Sorensen can offer, and I, I try to I try to bail out Sorensen a little bit because I like him. He's a great guy. First of all, he works harder or as hard as anybody in the film room. From what sure. all you hear with the team, I don't think he was ever supposed to be a starting safety. Like he's a really good depth safety that can come in, do a few different things for him. If someone's out for a game or two, yeah, he spot starter. Up. And I think. In Thornhill, what people see is a true starter at safety, and I, I tend to think so based upon the things that you hear with the team. Like it, Again, I don't think it's the same exact thing as Marcus Peters. Of course, two different positions, but he feel, it feels like he has that ball hawk ability that, that has been really missed, and, and the fact that he can play free safety and do so many different things, it just gives people a lot of optimism. I think a lot of Chiefs fans, too, have seen all these changes and said, man, the defense was so bad last year. I, I want a reason to feel good about it, and Thornhill is one of them. I'm with you. <laughs> I've been leading the hype train for Juan Thornhill. Like I, you guys asked on your Twitter account recently uh, at Arrowhead Pride, who's the one guy who, if he goes to a Pro Bowl this year, the Chiefs end up in the Super Bowl. I think it was framed some somewhere similar like that, right? Austin Ryder, you said? N- no, <laughs> no, that was not my answer. That would not be a good answer. My answer was Juan Thornhill, right? Because if Juan Thornhill's really good this year, and we just get the expected um, results from a guy like Tyron Matthew mm-hmm. and Frank Clark and Chris Jones, and you see like a slight step forward from Anthony Hitchens and Reggie Ragland and the linebackers, if Juan Thornhill's a Pro Bowler, you might legitimately have the best safety tandem in the NFL. Right. So the right answer to that question is probably someone we have a question mark about, right? So the guys you mentioned, they feel like, okay, you're, you know what to expect. The difference a- between, like, their best and their expected is is probably somewhere pretty similar. Could even make the case for a guy like Anthony Hitchens, who had didn't really have a great year last year, is so hyped about this new system that you really have a lot of optimism, too. If he ha- plays really well sure. in the middle of your defense there on the weak side, he's probably going to be the weak side guy. But, if you, you know, and the middle guy, when it goes to nickel sets, like, I think – that's another guy that if he plays out, but yeah, you don't know for sure ever with rookies, yeah. right? And we have been, I think, a little bit optimistic, you know, perhaps a little over optimistic, but I think it's because the team has been, and again, the versatility of him. I don't think the Chiefs have had a player like this in the secondary in a, in a long while. And I'm not saying he's, we're wrong for it. Yeah. He, it's very possible he just comes in and lights it up and he's just good. It's very possible. I would even say probably likely that he's just a good player from day one. It's just amazing to me that we have found a 63rd overall pick and we've all latched onto him and we've just assumed, we are assuming at this point, he's going to be good, he's going to start from day one, and he's going to be an improvement over anything they had last year. It, yeah. That's what I find really interesting. Don't forget the third rounder does backflips. 
Well, there's that too. Colin He's certainly Saunders. not going to be a starter <laughs> no, this year. He will not be. Unless he will not be. something happens with Chris Jones, right. who was another player That's, that I wanted to ask you about. Sure. So we now heard earlier this week, last week, something like that. I'm, the, the timeline, all of this starts to run together at some point. But August 6th. That's the day that Chris Jones has to report to camp by. Otherwise, he becomes a restricted free agent. There's no reason why Chris Jones wouldn't report by August 6th. He's, got a, he's still got a year left on his contract. Right. I, I don't think things will get to the point there where um, – I don't think things will get to a point where he's going to feel comfortable about skipping that day. So Chris Jones is going to be there. Yeah. The question is, will he be there with a new contract or with his current contract? And then what does that mean for the Chiefs? I'm really interested to see how this Tyreek Hill thing plays out for Chris Jones. We talked to Michael Gennetti earlier today of Spot Rack, and he told us he thinks that if Tyreek Hill gets the extension this offseason, he thinks the Chiefs don't pay Chris Jones this offseason and that they franchise him next year. And that's the route that he ultimately goes. He said he thinks Chris Jones right now could right. get Fletcher that's Cox money and next year could put, if he has a great year this year, could legitimately be looking at Aaron Donald money. Well, there, there's a there's a thought process here, too, where, I mean, you've seen Chris Jones pulling that sled and, and looks like really rocked up, as the Chiefs like to say. I, I think there there's a chance where he bets on himself and says, okay, you guys don't want to give, want me to give, give me this deal? All right. All right. We'll see what happens next year and does maybe tap into that. Aaron the Justin Duff. Houston. He was third in, in the league in sacks. And I understand you hear all the stuff about freelancing, but still, you, that's nothing to like. Just forget, 15 and a half sacks is a lot in the National Football League. And so, again, there's a scenario where Jones shows up. He's not happy about it, bets on himself, and, and, and makes a lot of money. I think if the Chiefs get a deal done this year, it's going to go like this. He shows up, then they talk. I think that it's gotten to a, a point where, uh, from from the things that you've heard, where the, the Chiefs, I don't think, are getting along with the representation and, and want him to be back in the building and, and like, show up. Listen, you want to be paid? Show up. We'll have a contract for you, you know? I think he's a fascinating case study right now because they've paid a quarter. They're going to pay a quarterback. They are probably, it sounds like, going to pay a wide receiver. They've paid their tight end. They've paid their defensive end. They've paid their safety. They've paid their linebacker, even if he's not that good. But they've paid a <laughs> linebacker a lot of money. That's a lot of guys that they've paid. Like, they're going right now, they're betting on the Minnesota route. The Minnesota route is basically... We've got elite players at a lot of different positions. Like, right. we've got blue chip guys that we believe in that are really, really, really good. And then we just got to find a way to fill in around them. And if we can do that, this can work and this can ultimately get us to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs are betting on that same idea, but instead of with Kirk Cousins, they've got Patrick Mahomes at the helm. And instead of Mike Zimmer as the head coach, they've got Andy Reid as the head coach. I think it can work. I'm just really interested to see if they continue to double down on that idea with a guy like Chris Jones. Because if they don't, that's a lot of money that you can spend on a few different positions if they decide to go that route next year and maybe say, you know what, we're actually going to trade Chris Jones next year. We're going to franchise him, and it's going to be the Frank Clark situation, but the reverse right. of what Seattle did last year. I think it all comes back to Mahomes, right? Because in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. And the Chiefs, I think... In a vacuum, like if you just take last year in a vacuum and, and really take it for what it's worth, like Mahomes, if he can repeat that type of thing year in and year out, he look he might be one of the greatest football players in the history yep. of the league. If he repeats, and again, that's a big if. I get it. I'm not trying to say that that's definitely going to happen. But we only have one year of sample size on him, right. and it was the best first year we've ever seen. But the hard part's over with. Like you have that position. So, yes, it's, it's about surrounding him with good players. And I think the biggest thing, too, that people have to realize is if you're on the team or, or in the mix with the team, the only person that they really truly have to worry about is keeping Mahomes happy. 
once you have the quarterback, we've seen it. We've seen Tom Brady. We've seen Drew Brees. We've seen Aaron Rodgers. You fill around, and then that's how you get to the Super Bowl. And, and this year is imperative because I feel like, too, and you saw a little bit with the Royals, get get the championship, right? Because then the fan base, I mean, it's not great right now, but they're, they're happy. We got our championship. We've seen it. Again, if this continues for another 10 years right. with the Royals, they're not going to be happy. But if you can get a championship with the last deal, last year of his rookie deal before this mega deal next year, the fan base is happy, so maybe maybe it, that that does hurt the team in the future. That you you can't pay everyone one as much, but you have that championship in, in in the in the in the box, you know, so to speak, where it's over with. We got it. Now let's how do we sustain this while paying Patrick Mahomes his, his deserved amount of money? Last thing I wanted to ask you, because I looked at Nate Taylor and your guys at ArrowheadPride.com projected fifty three man roster based on where we are today. Yeah. I got to be honest with you, I love football. I love looking at the back end of a roster. Like, I love the draft. I love everything about football. That's right. I couldn't find a single compelling roster battle on this team going into training camp. <laughs> Not a single one. Yeah, I was really looking at it up and down, and I was like, okay, there's there's compelling things of, like, who's going to start in this particular sub package and those sorts of things. Like, in terms of the number one versus the number two, there's some interesting things there. Receiver, how does that all stack up? There's some interesting things there. In terms of who's going to make this roster, up until the point of cuts on other rosters and players coming in, there's nothing that I'm interested in. Nothing. I've made this suggestion. If you're a bigger dude, you know, maybe you're over six feet two in Kansas City and you've been working out, maybe just show up to training camp, (laughs) catch a few footballs in in, in Andy Reid's sight. You might end up being the tight end, too, on this team. Like, I think that that could be a battle since there's nobody nobody that I like at all. I could have found it. Is there one that you've been looking at? I think running back back is interesting. Like, who's going to be in that third and fourth spot? But you kind of know that Darwin Thompson and Damian Williams are going to be here. And same thing with the end of the wide receiver. There's a lot of competition at the end of the wide receiver depth chart. But, yeah, like, as far as, like, top-tier position, battles it feels like the starters are sort of set yeah it, it may be, and maybe it's interesting like i know andy Reid tends to give the veterans their shot initially in camp so maybe danny Sorensen's is starting next to matthew i think by the time two weeks passes thornhill's next to him who will be an all pro and a hall of famer as you said earlier um but yeah you're right it, there isn't really a lot of compelling battles yeah, so the roster bubble, not particularly interesting this year <laughs> no, to me. No. Not particularly interesting. I was hoping to find something to latch on to. There was absolutely nothing. I think the tight end is interesting to me, and it'll be for cut day, because I think the Chiefs would have their eyes on like a, the entire league trying to fill that position. So. Corner two, from that perspective. Right, right, right. And, that, and that'll be interesting, but we, we won't get there until, I th- you know, what is it, September 1, I believe. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a little bit. He is Pete Sweeney. He's got a brunch to get to, so we're very Mimosa appreciative time. of the time Pinky's that he up. was able to give us this morning. Pete, thanks so much, man. We always thanks, appreciate you hopping in here on the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. Kramer helping us out on the other side of the glass, doing a fantastic job this morning. I'm Brandon Kylie. As I said, it is the leadoff. If you guys would like to get involved in the show, the Protein LC with a purpose text line 69306. I am also on Twitter at BK Sports Talk. Coming up next, let's talk a little Royals. We haven't done any Royals this morning. We'll do it next. Keith Law says Adalberto Mondesi is the number 20 ranked player under the age of 25. Seems low to me, but what if this is just what Mondesi is? We'll talk about it next. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. The leadoff with Brandon Kylie, 610 Sports Radio. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. 
watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB At-Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At-Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.